Delegation, when properly used, is not simply a time management tool. Delegation, when properly used, is a people development tool. Developmental delegation is anytime a leader leverages the handing off of responsibility as an opportunity to increase a team member's competence, influence, and ability. Well, hey there, if we haven't yet met, my name is Alex Judd. I'm the founder of Path for Growth, and this is the Path for Growth podcast. Now, as a business, we exist to help impact-driven leaders step into who they are created to be so that others may benefit and God may be glorified. And that's what we're going to do today, because today we're talking about a topic that is so crucial, but so often misunderstood in the arena of leadership, because today we're talking about the topic of delegation. Now, my former leader, Dave Ramsey, has said before that delegation is often the most misused and abused arena of leadership. And I have so often seen that to be true for myself, seen that to be true for people I've worked for, but also seen that to be true for the leaders that I work with. Because so often we confuse the difference between what I call dirty delegation and developmental delegation. But before we get into distinguishing that difference between those two types of delegation, I want to give you just a point or a principle that I believe serves as the core concept of this entire episode and is honestly core to understand what it means to be an impact-driven leader. Delegation, when properly used, is not simply a time management tool. Delegation, when properly used, is a people development tool. So it's not just a time management tool. If we're only thinking about delegation as a means of properly managing our time, we are dramatically limiting and underestimating its capacity. What I'm going to argue in this episode and the path that we're going to guide you towards in this episode and in everything we teach and in everything we do at Path for Growth, and this is the standard that I hold myself to, is we have to stop looking at delegation as simply just being a time management tool. We have to recognize that delegation is a people development tool. Because delegation, the handing off of real responsibility and empowering other people to take that on and own it as it is theirs... It's one of the greatest leadership development vehicles that you have in your organization. And that's what we're going to focus on is how do you delegate in such a way that you're not just handing off tasks, but rather you're raising up leaders. Because that is the whole theme of the Path for Growth program, our podcast, our membership in this season is stop creating followers, start developing leaders. And so you can follow along with all the content that we're working on today. And we even have a table for you to apply what we're working on today in the PDF that's associated with this episode. But let's start with the difference between dirty delegation and developmental delegation. Dirty delegation, what does it do? Well, it creates followers. We already talked about this because it's just handing off something and saying, go do this. And we're not handing off the what and the why. We're handing off the how. And we hand off the how, we're telling people, I don't just want you to do this. I want you to do this the way exactly that I do it, which means they are literally just getting in line behind you and they can't deviate from your example. Developmental delegation develops leaders because what developmental delegation does is it says, I'm going to give you the what and the why. This is what I need you to accomplish, the outcome that I need you to accomplish and why the outcome matters 
And within that, you have the freedom and the ability and the authority to determine the best absolute possible how. I'm going to give you the what and the why, but I'm also going to give you the freedom to creatively determine what is the best possible how. Because when you do that, you're empowering people not to act as a follower, you're empowering them to act as a leader. So we said that dirty delegation creates followers, dirty delegation hands off tasks, dirty delegation also retains control. Because whenever we engage in dirty delegation, we say, I'm handing this off. It's kind of like a track runner, right? Where you're running with that baton and instead of fully handing it off, right? You just continue to run with the person. What's that going to do? It's going to slow both of you down because you're both hanging on to the freaking baton. But have you ever worked for that leader? If you've ever worked in a large bureaucratic organization, you know what I'm talking about, where they refuse to let go of the baton. They just want to run with you. There's a word for that. It's called a living nightmare. That's two words, but it's horrible. It's miserable. It creates for an awful work environment because when someone holds on the baton while you're running, what are they saying? They're saying, I don't trust you. And that's at the core of everything we're going to talk about today because dirty delegation retains control, whereas developmental delegation relinquishes control. Dirty delegation requires compliance. Developmental delegation, as we've already talked about, requires trust. Dirty delegation results in micromanagement. Developmental delegation results in decentralization. Now, that we could spend a whole lot of time, and there's a little bit more on this in the PDF that's associated with this episode if you want to download that in the show notes. But decentralization, you could do a whole lot of reading and a whole lot of study. Seriously, there are been people that have done like that have PhDs in the decentralization of organizations and of governments and of companies. But decentralization occurs whenever you push power into the organization. We're going to push power and authority into the organization and thereby decentralize decision-making from ourselves and the people that are closest to us. We want to make sure that decision-making power and authority resides in the people that are close to the front lines and that are having to live with both the benefits and the consequences most regularly of those decisions. So what does it say in the PDF? Well, it says that developmental delegation is anytime a leader leverages the handing off of responsibility as an opportunity to increase a team member's confidence, influence, and ability. So think about this for a second, because this is a really important sense to understand. This is not just normal delegation. It's certainly not dirty delegation. Developmental delegation is anytime a leader leverages the handing off of a responsibility as an opportunity for, for the stated purpose of increasing a team member's confidence, number one, because a team member says, oh my gosh, I can do this. I can do this. Number two, influence, right? They're able to impact and influence other people. One of the greatest things you can delegate to someone on your team as a leader is something that will require them to get other people involved. Because what are you going to do in that scenario? You're going to require them to expand and grow their influence. And then finally, we need them to increase their ability. They're going to learn a new skill. They're going to adopt a new ability. They're going to gain knowledge. And in doing so, they're going to grow. So we're not just delegating to get something off of our plate, because that can be a very selfish view of delegation if that's our only motive. Now, that's an okay motive, but it should be paired with other motives that are tied to developing and investing in and influencing other people. This is at the core. This is at the heart and soul of developmental delegation. 
Now, if this is something that we're starting to think, okay, maybe I've never looked at delegation this way. It's not just as an opportunity to remove something off of my calendar. It's an opportunity to develop traits, qualities, and skills in another person. Well, then we need to recognize that if you want to adopt this paradigm shift of developmental delegation, there's three things that you just, you have to believe are true. And if you don't believe these are true, then you will forever hit a lid related to this topic of developmental delegation. Number one, leadership is a skill. Do you believe this? Leaders are not born. Leaders are built. It's a skill that can be learned. Now, certainly some of us are born with traits and qualities and wiring that applies to leadership, but I truly believe that everyone on the planet can grow in the skill of leadership. I absolutely believe that. But what I've recognized is that if you don't believe that, then you will not invest the time and energy necessary to engage in developmental delegation because the path that we're about to talk about is a hard path. It's a difficult path. It's a challenging path. And if you believe that the people that you are trying to develop have a ceiling that they're just not a leader and you view them that way, then it's not going to be worth it. Conversely, if you view them as a leader in the making, if you view them as someone with potential to influence others, to define vision for themselves, to take ownership of an area, to think creatively, to solve problems, if you view them that way, you will treat them that way, and that will give you the opportunity to engage in developmental delegation. So that's belief number one. Belief number two is that action precedes insight. I'm going to say it again because this is so important for us to understand. Action always precedes insight. Many of you probably know that I'm just such a fan of Craig Rochelle and his leadership teaching. So much of what we're doing in this podcast is really mimicking in some ways or just putting our spin on what he just does so effectively. He's a brilliant communicator, absolutely incredible leader. And one of the things that I heard him say that I just thought was so poignant and so fascinating as well, but I also think it's absolutely true, is that he said, you know, like the greatest thing that we have at our disposal as leaders of organizations to develop other leaders on our team is not books, it's not courses, it's not growth tracks that we put them on, it's giving them real responsibility and allowing them to learn how to swim with it. Who isn't that good? Sometimes we think like, oh, if I just could give them the right book, or if I could just send them the right podcast, or if I could just make sure that they walk through the right course and they sit in the right classes, if I could just pay for them to go to that event, then they will be a leader. And certainly all of those things fuel leadership insight, but action almost always precedes the deepest level of insight. Because how did you become a leader? You didn't become a leader because, oh my gosh, I just read 10 books on leadership and then I looked up and all these people were following me. (laughs) No, you became a leader when you started leading and you probably screwed it up a billion times (laughs) because that's what I did, right? I, I, I screwed up a lot. Like seriously, I started taking on leadership responsibility in elementary school, middle school, and high school. So I might've gotten some of my screw-ups out of the way pretty early, but man, there have been times where I've been a boss. There have been times where I've treated people poorly. There have been times where I've misunderstood accountability. And we'll tell that story on here sometime because that's just hilarious. I made a girl cry once because I did this, right? And, And I scraped my knees and in doing so, I realized, well, that's not very good whenever I do that because action precedes insight. 
I had to do the thing. And in doing the thing, I learned that, man, like, even though it may even get results in the short term, that is not a long-term solution. I could have never learned that from a book. I needed to see the person across from me crying for me to realize, well, this just isn't a good idea. And I've never done it since. Action precedes insight. And we have to understand that because otherwise we won't engage in developmental delegation. So he said leadership is a skill. Action precedes insight. And then number three, and this is a big one, decentralization, which we talked about, is a worthy goal. You have to believe this in your bones. I'm not just saying like, oh, you have to say like, oh, yeah, I want to push power into the organization. (laughs) You can't just say it. You have to be about it. Do you believe that decentralization, that removing decision-making authority from your shoulders and pushing it as deep as you can into the organization, do you actually believe at the core of your being that is a worthy goal? And if you do, your actions reflect it. Because unless you believe really, really believe that decentralization, the removing of all decision-making authority, responsibility, and power from your shoulders, unless you actually believe that's a good idea, you won't do it. Because again, it's too hard. And, And especially like if you've got insecurity issues, why would you ever take steps that result in you becoming quote unquote, less valuable to the organization? It doesn't make any sense. But if you are someone that is confident, if you are someone that is secure, if you know your value is to make other people valuable and to make them powerful, well, then you believe that decentralization is a worthy goal. So those are the three beliefs that we have to know. Leadership is a skill. Action precedes insight. And decentralization is a worthy goal. There's more information on the PDF than we're going to be able to get to on this episode. So if you want to download the full PDF that has the actions really laid out and walks you through the process of how you apply those actions and all of that, absolutely go into the show notes of of the episode. But what I want to do is I want to talk about some of the upstream issues that we often miss with regard to delegation. And then we'll just run really rapidly through the actions associated with developmental delegation. So let's talk about the upstream issues. And here's what I mean by upstream issues. So often, whenever I talk with people or work with leaders on this topic of delegation, or even work myself through the topic of developmental delegation, sometimes I'll say, well, this just isn't working. Something's not going right. And I think I have a delegation issue. And in reality, what's going on is I have an upstream issue. And so what I want to make sure you know is that if we don't solve for the upstream issues the delegation isn't going to work, right? You will never be able to developmentally delegate if you've got these upstream issues going on. And so we need to make sure that we've got these squared away and solved for the people and the individuals that we're trying to delegate to. We're going to run through them pretty quick. Number one, the first upstream issue is hiring issues. And what I mean by this is hiring someone that is not a culture or competency fit. Sometimes we do this and then we say, oh, I, I'm just, I'm trying to delegate new responsibility to them and it's just not working. Well, the reason why it's not working is because they don't fit in with your core values or with your mission. And you should have noticed that in the hiring process. And it's not a delegation issue. It's a hiring issue. Delegating new responsibility to the wrong person is never a solution. If you've got the wrong person on the bus, The answer is not to delegate to them. The answer is to get rid of them. Okay. You either need to coach them up to being the right person, but more often than not, you need to coach them out. So, so let's not call it a delegation issue whenever it's actually a hiring issue. 
we often, a lot of times too, miss training issues. So often I see that people try to engage in developmental delegation whenever they haven't already fully operationalized and trained someone to do the job they've already been given. Developmental delegation is about teaching someone and guiding someone how to work above and beyond their day-to-day operational role. It's an incredibly worthy goal, especially if you have talented, high performers on your team. But the last thing you want to do is take someone who is struggling in their current role, who clearly isn't where they need to be operationally in their current role, either because expectations are unclear or their skills and abilities don't line up or they don't really understand what the role is or their habits are mixed up or they're still learning or the training hasn't been provided The last thing you want to do for that person is say, here's all this new leadership responsibility. That sounds like a horrible strategy, but I've done this before, right? It's so easy to do because a lot of times if you're an optimistic, impact-driven person, we can say, oh, like we constantly want to add more to people. And yes, but at the same time, we, we want people to become competent and confident in the responsibilities they've already been given. So here's the standard I want you to hold yourself to before you developmentally delegate to someone. Don't just train someone to do the job, train someone to own the job. Now we could spend a whole episode on this specific topic, but you don't just want the person that you're delegating to do their day-to-day job. You want them to own their job. Meaning that if they need to make decisions or if circumstance happens or there needs to be a pivot or they need to solve for a problem, they're not just knocking on your door or their leader's door saying, what do I do? Because that's someone that all they were trained to do was to do the job. No, we want someone that owns the job. And at the very, very least, they're coming to your door knocking and saying, hey, this happened, but here's the solutions that I'm thinking about applying ourselves to. Train them to own the job before you delegate more responsibility. There's a couple more on here. We've talked about this before on this podcast, that unspoken expectations are front-loaded resentment, right? When we don't speak our expectations of what someone needs to do in order to be successful, we are just front-loading bitterness either for ourselves or for the people sitting across from us. Trust issues. The line that's in the PDF here is really important. Hesitancy to trust proportional to an individual's competency or their integrity. That's crucial for us to understand. And then finally, standard issues. This is just assuming a standard of perfection instead of a standard of progress. Here's the deal. You're not looking for people to be perfect. You're looking for people to be committed. And there's a difference between the two. And we hit home on that in the whole episode called Stop Creating Followers, Start Developing Leaders. And we'll put that in the show notes of this episode. I would recommend going back to listen to that because that really laid the groundwork for this episode. But we need to make sure that our standard is not perfection. Our standard is just Are you committed to making progress and doing your best? Okay, so the final piece of this episode is we're just going to walk through the seven steps for developmental delegation. And these are laid out with more detail in the PDF associated with this episode. So you can grab that in the show notes and download that. But let's just walk through them real quickly. Number one, identify the individual. Now, this is crucial that you identify the right individual, and that's what's in the PDF is how do we identify the correct individual? What do they look like? What are they doing in their normal day-to-day job? All of that is so important for us to understand. Identify the correct individual, not just anyone. We need to find the right person. Number two is clarify the desired outcome. This is where we get to talk about the what and the why that we are delegating. 
And I want you to think about something. This is what we challenge the leaders in Path for Growth, the membership community to do. Think of something that pushes you a little bit out of your comfort zone with regard to relinquishing the trust of, and think about something that would push this individual a little bit out of their comfort zone to relinquish the trust of. Next, I want you to focus on defining success, and that's just the question, what does winning look like? And then number four is clarify the desired timeline. So we clarified the outcome. Now we want the desired timeline. And there's examples of this in the PDF. Then we want to communicate in person and in writing with the correct individual that we talked about. We're going to provide resources. Maybe it's a podcast. Maybe it's a book associated with what we're delegating. If it's something on onboarding, maybe send them an article on effective onboarding. If it's something on team training and morale, maybe send them a Pat Lencioni book or maybe a Path for Growth podcast or maybe an Entree Leadership podcast or a John Maxwell podcast, something on team development just to get them inspired and motivated and then finally create a cadence of communication. And here's what we challenge the members in the Path for Growth community on. This person that you choose, you're trying to develop them as a leader, right? Not just create followers, develop leaders. You're going to tell them, hey, we can meet at the cadence that you want to meet. You are going to lead the meeting, right? You tell them, hey, we've got the finish line that we want to reach. We define success. We've got the timeline that we want to reach it by. I'm available to you as a resource, You are going to run the show on this. I will support you however I can, but you are going to run that meeting. And here's the deal. In that meeting, you are going to ask way, way more questions than you give answers. Resist the urge to provide all the answers because, again, we are engaging in developmental delegation. And this is what it looks like to raise up leaders instead of simply creating followers. The final thing I want to close out with today is just a story about how this concept really came to light for me. I was doing an intensive with just an incredible leader that's also a friend of mine. His name is Kent, and I was working with him and his team, just incredible landscaping company just outside of Pittsburgh and just an incredible culture within the team. And one of the things that they're focusing on is developing more leaders within the organization and raising people up in the organization. And we were doing this intensive with the leadership team. And one of the questions that was posed and just became a really candid, casual conversation was, well, how did everyone in here become a leader? Because y'all have been here uh, for a long time. Almost all of you and many of you have talked about how much you've changed and how much you've grown since you got here at the company. So so what made you into the person that you are today where you are clearly expanding your influence, expanding your confidence and expanding your ability? And it was crazy. I couldn't have even scripted this way if I had tried. But we went around the room and just super organically, every single person started telling this story about how Kent one day came to them and Kent was running around like his hair was on fire because he had so much to do. And he said, hey, I need you to focus on this thing. I trust you to do it. And I, I believe in you and just let me know how I can help. And every single person, as we went around and they told this story, uh, we asked them like, okay, well, and how did you feel in that moment? And they said, oh, I, I didn't think I would be able to do it. And I was hesitant and I was a little bit scared and I felt a little bit overwhelmed and I was definitely uncomfortable. And then in every single story, every single person said, but you know what? I figured it out. And now that thing that made me worried, that thing that made me scared, that thing that made me uncomfortable, I do it like all the time now. I could do it in my sleep. I teach other people how to do that thing. 
And that was such a light bulb, just a powerful moment for me because every single person in that room had an example of how this founder, Kent, had trusted them with more than they thought they were capable of. But because they were the right people, they rose to the occasion and therefore they were developed as leaders and not just followers. I think that is one of our highest callings as an impact-driven leader. Give people just a little bit more than what they think they're capable of. Support them, encourage them, believe in them, trust them, and give them the opportunity to lead because action precedes insight and you can't learn unless you're willing to do. That's leadership, folks. And that's why I get so pumped up about everything going on in Path for Growth right now, because that's what we see happening within organizations around the country. Y'all, I want to thank you for your time today. Again, this whole episode is outlined in the PDF with a little bit of extra information that goes deeper into the details of all of this. Thank you so much for your time. Know that our whole team is rooting for you. We want to see you win. Remember, my strength is not for me. Your strength is not for you. Our strength is for service. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.